Welcome back to Don't Call It a Book Club. My name is Luke. The name's Dan. They call me. Out on the lots. Did I say Dan? I meant damn. You know. Oh, okay. Yeah. I feel you can't just come up with your normal name for the for the lots nickname. Yeah, that's true. My hoof name is Damn. Because that's a good one. That's... because uh people say that whenever I whenever I come around. Yeah, people people really don't like you. Yeah. Um anyway, we're starting we're starting the True Bastards. That is the second book in the Lotland series. If you have not read The Grey Bastards, you might want to do that one first. Definitely do that one first, please. Please. Yeah. We also have a we have an interview with the author, Jonathan French. Check that out as well. But okay, so we're up to we're up to chapter 16 in this book. About a third of the way through. No warm-up today. Mm-hmm. We're getting right into it. First thing that I want to talk about is just the position that fetching is in, in this book. Mm -hmm. I think throughout this third, I kept just thinking how shitty of a position fetching is in. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. One of my notes is just that this is like a pretty rough situation, just like all things considered. Right. (laughs) Right. Like... Thinking about all of the events of this this book so far, it's it's mostly been bad. And <laughs> it's been so bad because the true bastards just have like no power anymore. And fetching is right. just being pushed around by literally everyone. To the and and I say pushed around, that makes it sound like kind of light and like, eh, not that big a deal. No, I, I guess it should be like She's being potentially murdered by, like, everyone around. Right. And she's in, like, an impossible situation. Right. With respect to basically everything. (laughs) Exactly. And, like, the first instance that this became clear to me how terrible of a position she was in was when the Cavalleros show up, or Cavalleros. Which one are we going to go with? I think there's one L. I think you're right. Which I was surprised by. Right. I was expecting Cavallero, but Cavalleros. So when the Cavalleros show up and are like, hey, Fetching's got to come with us now. And Fetching's like, okay, I got two options. Uh, They're both really bad. (laughs) Right. It's like either either fight and everyone dies or like go and I probably die. (laughs) And the, like, casual nature of that kind of choice. Like, it didn't seem like a huge choice that she was making. It was just kind of like, well, I've got these two options, so I guess I'll die. (laughs) Right. It's interesting also that, so I think they have, like, what was it, 75 men there? Mm -hmm. Something like that. And they're the... The people in her in her hoof are like, we could probably take them. <laughs> There's like seven of them. I know. They, they were seem, like, I don't think that they're like being arrogant, actually. They don't seem that way. No, 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 no. I don't think so either. And I mean, from what we've seen in Grey Bastards, 
like mongrels are way better at killing mm-hmm. people than humans are like i think it's a very good estimate that they've made that they could potentially win this fight right the and- interesting thing to me about that though is that it seems like a huge majority of their like kills come from shooting their crossbow mm-hmm. which like are they just way better at crossbows? Then you're saying a person can also shoot a crossbow. A human right. can shoot a crossbow too. So why are the orcs so much, or the half orcs so much I mean, I, so re- I recognize that like when you get up close and personal, mm-hmm. a little like boxing match, sure, the orcs can, the, the, the half orcs going to win every time. Yes. But 75, 75 men with, with some crossbows? You got to be bad to lose that fight. Yeah, you do have to be pretty bad. I'll say two things about this. The first is the half-orc crossbows are different than, I think, human crossbows because you have to be that strong to be able to even load it. Mm -hmm. And in fact, we see a scene near the end of this section where a human is trying desperately to reload Fetching's thrum in like the most pathetic way possible. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, dude, run. And fails miserably at it. So clearly these crossbows have some force to it. They're they're hitting you with a thud. Mm-hmm. But in addition to that, I think the half orcs have a significant like agility advantage mm. as well. So not only are they able to like smash you if they get in close and just demolish you, but they're probably much quicker to like avoid arrows or stabs or or things like that um on top of that we find out that the cavaleros are not like the top tier of this military right like the people who came to get fetching are not the best of the best meanwhile the half orcs that are in the true bastards have been like carefully selected to be killing machines and are part of this like well-organized group. So I think there's a lot of advantages that the half orcs have that, that maybe weigh the scales in their favor. Uh, I think what I think is wild though, about these like odds that they've figured out that they seem confident in are when they're considering at the very end of this section to go charge 800 humans. And there's like, less than a hundred of them i think there's less than (laughs) like 50 of them and they're like oh we could take 800 right they seem so confident because like (laughs) when you think about that they also these are the these are the leaders of all of their crews they seem like they're confident that they can win this fight i assume with minimal casualties oh absolutely because these are the chiefs that would be fighting this right so you don't want you don't want all the chiefs of all of the hoofs to die in a battle and have like two remaining. That's wild. That's wild. I don't think that they are really I think the culture of the half orcs on the lots is such that they don't really consider their own death as that meaningful. Like the I think they're considering the outcome of the battle and not the risk of them personally dying. So I think 
odds are a lot of them would die. But when they're making the consideration of whether or not to fight, that's not part of the equation. At least not out loud among the other chiefs. Like, ooh, I get it that you guys want to go fight, but oh, I'm not feeling it today. I'm not feeling great. Been right, hungover. Right. And haven't all stretched. <laughs> and I don't want to die. So that's a big factor for me. <laughs> yeah okay but ba- back to we, we meandered for a little bit back to fetching mm-hmm. one thing that i think is interesting here is so i think that fetching is written as a character very well in this book because i see her as at least from what I remember from the previous book as well, as like a very likable character. Mm -hmm. But because of her circumstances, like, you know, everything going, going terribly. She's like the only female chief. And so she has to like overcompensate because of that. She, she comes off kind of unlikable in this. And I think that that's very like well done because you can see underneath her like, necessary actions that she's actually very good mm-hmm. right no 100 percent. and i think the scene that epitomizes this for me was when uh, i think slicer was the name of the half orc who was the nomad slivers? slivers yes when slivers is running for the wall and fetching has to figure out if she's gonna save him and everyone around her is like hey what what are you gonna do chief and she just like jumps out. She just like grabs the rope and, and jumps out herself. Like she puts herself at risk to to save him. And I think this shows the like, like in this moment of danger, in this like split second decision where she has to make a choice, it's like showing her like true nature in that she does want to help people. But in every other interaction with Slivers, she is just like, I hope you die, you asshole. Just ruthless. Just so <laughs> ruthless. And like, if you come near me, I will kill you. Uh, and I, I think part of that is true because Slivers is clearly like not somebody she wants in the hoof. But also, yeah, she is like putting on this, this, the like mantle of the chief, I would say. Mm-hmm. And recognizing that the like, it's it's like a much greater responsibility i guess or like the the way that she has to present herself is is to a different degree there were definitely still kind of like hints in the last book in in gray bastards where she clearly had to be like tough in the face of of the rest of the hoof um but here i think we're seeing that amplified a lot because of her Mm -hmm. role i think you're you're totally right here uh yeah, yeah. One thing that I wonder about, though, with Fetching and the Hoof, I I think of everyone left, Fetching was probably, like, the best bet for Chief. It seems like she she's making a lot of the, like, effective choices. Like, she knows what the, the consequences of her actions will be, and she is, like, well-suited for the job among mm. everyone who's left. But I wonder if perhaps priorities might not necessarily be in order with the running of Winsome. 
because Ooh, okay. are, guys, are we really building a wall right now? Are we really? I get it that it's a dangerous place out here, but people are literally starving. Uh, and our first, our thing that we're having our warriors do and the village people do is building a big wall around our city. I get it. You're trying to keep people out. There's a lot of, a lot of bad hombres out there, some would say. But maybe that money would be spent doing somewhere else. Doing something else. Okay. Okay. It's, I, I think that this is closer, a closer call than, than you might think, actually. Okay. Tell me why. Because, ooh, actually, now that I think about it, orcs don't really attack their, like, fortifications. No, they Orcs do are not. just trying to get through. Orcs almost, don't right? give a fuck. Orcs are trying to get up to the juicy lands up north. Right. So so they're really just fortifying against centaurs, right. I think. Centaurs okay. and I guess, like, it probably would help against the Cavaleros if the Cavaleros were like, hey, we're going to kill you all. But if if that's what you're fortifying, like, you don't have enough people to really do much about that. So that, a yeah. wall isn't going to help you too much there. Yeah, and I and I, f- I feel like okay, if centaurs attack you, you're even if you have this wall like a little bit better, you're you're done. I think, right, right, right. I feel like if centaurs, Valeros maybe not, but still, yes, yes. I I will say I think there is an important need to protect the people who aren't in the hoof. Right, the idea of like Winsome is a town that has a hoof mm-hmm. that like protects it. So I get that like, yeah, you're going to keep a lot of townsfolk around if they think that they're going to be safer when the centaurs come by. But if they're literally starving in the meantime and they see you digging in the rock pile that was the kiln instead of going out to trade or like running a caravan of grain somewhere, I, I still don't think I'm going to want to stay. Okay. Yes. I guess the the question here is like what can they do? Because you could say like spend some effort uh growing crops or something. We get we get a I don't remember if they say explicitly, but it seems like their crops just like aren't aren't doing it. Yeah, there's like a blight that has come yeah. to the land and they took it sounds like they've taken a sample at least Fetching has taken a sample to the, like, shaman or medicine man that she's getting the kinnabar from. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, analyzing it to see what's going on with their crops. Did, do you think that they actually did that? Or was that just the lie to, like, to trick the people that were there? Oh, interesting. I mean, I guess it could be both, but she was definitely doing that to make it seem like she was not there for personal reasons oh i didn't even pick up on that yeah i just assumed that she had also brought some of the vine because that seemed like it was another issue i have a note here that the bone smiler guy is an incredible liar yeah and (laughs) here he is fooling you i got tricked 
<laughs> he got me. That's how good of a liar he is. Wow, Dan, get oh. it together. Oh, jeez. Okay. Well, they might have done both. You know, <laughs> could have done, could have done both. But I don't know if there's a ton of other options, unless maybe they're like getting really good at pottery and trading. Like they're trading for food instead of growing their own food. Is that what you think might sh- maybe should happen? Well, so they are. I'm pretty sure they are buying food from the. I think it's the Fangs of Our Fathers clan. Uh, I don't think it's them, but it's somebody. I don't think they're buying it though. I think they're they're a charity case. No, 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 no. They are buying it because Fetching has like a bag of coins that she is like. Mm. She references at one point. Um, so I, I'm pretty certain that they're buying this food and it's not just given to them. Okay. And so in that case, it seems like maybe find a new trading partner. Like, Mm -hmm. and I'm specifically talking about, you find out that the wet, the caravan was destroyed and then some time passes. What's our new, what's our new plan guys? Oh, we're going to dig in the rock pile some more. <laughs> and here's my problem with it. it. It's that I have a solution. I, I think there is a, a way that we can solve this problem. Fetching, at the end of this section, is discussing with the the Undyar or Udnyar? Unyar? Yeah, Unyar. And they are just stuffing her with food, left and right. She is, like, eating more than she has in the last month in, like, a day. Do they do they take coin? Do they take credit card? <laughs> or, here's another option. I've got a lot of warriors, and you need people to help you during the Betrayer Moons. How about mm-hmm. we do a little, a little upfront? You know, pay us... Pay us on the first of the month rather than at the last of the month. Okay. Okay. I I, I take your point. I don't know if those those specifically are necessarily going to work. Uh, for one thing, they do have to protect their own people during the Betrayer Moons. Um, but I agree with you that they need to come up with something other than just being like, well, <laughs> what are you going to do? Because that's kind of what it seems like. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, I guess we'll build the wall. (laughs) And I get it. It's like a symbol, but still, it's like a very wasteful (laughs) symbol, guys. Luke, we have to do this joke one more time for the road. Come on. I know. I know. Got it in. Um, Yeah. Let's... There's got to be some solutions. Listener, if if you've got some ideas for how they can how they can feed their their crew. I want to hear it because I, there's got to be a way. Yeah, here's here's right? another one, Luke. Here's another one for, for free. This one's for free. Fetchings found out there are wagons full of extra grain in the fortress. Maybe we get a little heist action. Ooh. Maybe we're mm-hmm. planning a heist. Something. Sure. Let's get some irons in the fire here. <laughs> Yeah, because this this current situation is not gonna is not gonna last, 
Right. Like if you're paying them, you're going to run out of coin. <laughs> you guys are going to starve pretty soon. Something's got to change. Something's got to give. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and and I think as chief, it's Fetching's responsibility to be coming up with this plan to get more food. Yeah. And I just haven't seen it yet. Not yet. Um, I don't think that he would be useful f- in this scenario, but can we just talk about how badass Hoodwink is? <laughs> It's yeah. insane. Yeah, absolutely. This guy's incredible. <laughs> I'm I'm assuming we did in the last book too. Yeah. But I man. think I think we see a little bit more of the details for Hoodwink. In the last book, Hoodwink was kind of a more minor character in that he was like a scary boy mm-hmm. who was just around and we knew had a lot of potential, but we didn't see it. Whereas in this one, apparently he is like a expert fighter, like can go toe to toe with somebody who is like trained and like the best boxer of all time. He is like super sneaky, a very good fighter. He seems like top tier. He seems like top tier in this hoof. Right. And he's very perceptive as well. Mm hmm. This, I mean, honestly, nobody would want to see Hoodwink as chief but as a second in command as like the chief's right hand man i say this is like ideal yeah i don't so i don't even think hoodwink would want to be chief no i think i think he's more of a uh he's more of a what's it what's it called like a fix it guy Mm, he's a fixer yeah yeah Yeah. which (laughs) don't have a fixer if you're a if you're a normal person but He's a good one. Exactly. Yes. He's crushing it. Um, somebody who isn't crushing it, or maybe is, we got to hear a little bit more about this skinny, mummified turd boy, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because Fetching shows up to get her medicine. And this guy is just like sitting on top of a pole surrounded by desiccated poop and like moaning. (laughs) And apparently he's on some kind of like spiritual journey. And and we don't ask any more questions about it. Yeah. What is this guy? (laughs) What is this guy, (laughs) y'all? There's a lot of weird stuff in this in this world, mm-hmm. and he's one of them. <laughs> this guy might be the top so far, and I think it's wild that that fetching suddenly sees these magical hyenas and immediately assumes that fetching immediately assumes it was crafty. There's other wizards out there, y'all. <laughs> Right. Crafty came. I get that Crafty had like a vendetta with you, but it seems like a lot of people are trying to get in on the lots right now. Yeah. And like that would be kind of a Crafty just like messing with you is kind of a waste of his time. (laughs) Right. Right. He's just like teeping your house, essentially. (laughs) 
I feel like he has bigger ambitions. Whereas this skinny turd boy. Ooh. You think you think it's it's skinny turd boy and giant orc teaming up? Maybe they're one and the same. Oh, a little Hulk action. Okay. <laughs> this the smaller turd boy gets, the bigger the orc gets. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. It's a sacrifice. The the only reason why I think this this may not have come up for fetching is that maybe this isn't that uncommon maybe every time she shows up there's a different skinny turd boy up on the wheel i because i think my initial assumption was all these turds are from that skinny boy Mm -hmm. but maybe they're they're not lasting that long and it's just really alluring to come hang out with bone smiler and sit on the wheel and whatever whatever these creatures are are like weirdly common yeah well it's like a human right yeah but like a weird one (laughs) but a real weird one yeah (laughs) no you're right he's a real weird guy it seems (laughs) i don't know i okay i do think that there's a lot of little weird things like this going on in the world Mm mm-hmm I mean, because last book, a wizard and the sludge man, pretty pretty weird. Um, uh-huh. We've got this guy. We've got some laughing hyenas that seem to be immortal. Uh, we've got a big orc, like a very big one. Like a real big one. <laughs> I feel like we're not making a big enough deal about. About how big the orc is? Or just that yeah. there is one. This guy's, well, both, but this guy is described as stepping off a 15-foot cliff like it's a footstool. Right. At what point do we call them a giant? Yeah. I think this might be the point. We're still going orc, huh? All right. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is very wild. You need to be warning everyone, right? Uh, hey, there's a 90-foot tall orc walking around. I don't know where. <laughs> okay, I don't think... I think that the orc is described as just being really big, but I don't think it was literally big enough to walk <laughs> off of a 15-foot drop like a step stool. I think he stepped off as if it were a step stool and then hit the ground. Okay. So... I'm picturing like 10 to 15 feet tall for this big boy. Still very large. Mm-hmm. But a 90 foot tall orc, yes. That is that is something that you tell everyone about. No question. <laughs> okay. Yes, I I agree with you. Not as big as not as big as that. But it seems like pretty big. <laughs> this is a big boy. Yeah. I also think and he's that- like I don't know what he's up to. Well, he left her alive. Yeah. I guess that's good. He just, he just like insulted her and then left her alive. Pretty, pretty rude, but he did like kill everyone for her. I don't know. Seems there's more to this. Uh, There's of course more to this story that we're going to have to unravel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Clearly a big orc is a danger to the lots. Absolutely. And something that they should watch out for. 
Something else that I think is extremely dangerous to the lots, but they've just kind of opened their doors to, is Sluggard. Let me tell you why Sluggard is extremely dangerous to the lots. Sluggard came down from the cushy north and was like, Hey, everybody, I came down here because I want to be a prostitute. That's my that's my dream. But no, 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 no. he was already a prostitute. And he wants to be a more successful. One. Yes, because I want to be the best prostitute. And in order to be the best prostitute, I have to come down here and play play hoof rider for a while, get some tattoos, and then I'll just be living it up up in the north. I will like have a great life, and I'm so excited for it. So, hey, can I be in your hoof? Meanwhile, me, who's already in a hoof and is eating nothing every day and fighting orcs left and right, is like, hold on. Hold on, sluggard. What did you say that they're asking for up there? You're saying if I if I if I get on the I five freeway and drive north for like four hours, they'll just be like paying me to sleep with all these women. A lot of money, you're saying? <laughs> hmm. So you're so you are are telling me that the danger from sluggard comes from just recruiting other other half orcs back to Hisparth. Right. What recruiting does he have to do? How? What? Okay. What does he have to do to convince them it's a good idea? I think. Okay, this is very true. Um, especially for people in in the bastards. <laughs> Get me out of here. Right. Right. Uh, here's the thing. Here's the thing. If I'm in the bastards and I'm a slop head mm-hmm. and I hear about this, my new goal is to get the tattoos so I can peace out. I'm like, yeah, I'd love to I'd love to be a sworn brother. It'd be so good. I can't wait to ride on a greasy hog all day with you fighting orcs. <laughs> and then they let me in and I'm like, bye. I'm out. <laughs> I I ha- I have to think that there's well, maybe not. I was gonna say there's got to be some kind of repercussions if you if you like are a deserter, but maybe not. But the hoofs have no power outside of the lots. <laughs> so, like, let's say even if there were, all right, fetching. I'm gonna go on patrol alone, as you normally send people on patrol alone. Be back in a couple hours, deuces, and then I'm gone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, ta- I'd take that. Yeah, I'd take it in a second. It sounds awesome. You have to be, you do have to be hot though. Yeah, that's fair. I think. That's fair. But I mean, like, can't be that hard. Because Sluggard's, Sluggard's a good looking guy. Sluggard's a good looking guy. But then I wonder, like, how hot do you really have to be? You know? Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. It sounds like there is a a high demand for these kind of right. half orcs. So like if you've got the bona fides, you probably don't have to be that hot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And okay, yeah, here's the you here's gotta the you gotta thing. be like average or better, I would assume. Here's the other thing is... though. You gotta be average or better to get the big bucks, right? Uh-huh. We're talking about like just being good. 
<laughs> just being fed. Just being fed and like getting paid to sleep with like merchants' wives. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Yeah, go I'm, for it. Great. I'm excited. Live your dream. This is my new passion. I found my calling. And here's the other thing about this that I think is wild. Y'all could just fake the tattoos, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if... I assume so. If you're just using it as, like, a prop anyway, there's got to be an easier way than, like, actually going down to the lots and p- probably dying. Because apparently most of these people die within six months of heading down there. I don't think... I don't even think that he's necessarily expecting it to get tattoos. No, I don't think so either. Because he's he's too open about his goal. Yes, yes. So he's not going to get tattoos. Um, I feel like it's more of just he needs the like the the internship on his resume. But I don't know why you can't fake that. Right, right. You say you interned at a company that doesn't exist anymore. Oh yeah, I interned at at Theranos. <laughs> oh actually you probably don't want to put that on there no don't put that one but you just pick you pick one that didn't you know that doesn't exist anymore and uh right. done so like the rudders right. so he could just he could just go go down and well i don't know hang out go on a little spiritual journey for six months and then come back right so join that killed so many orcs <laughs> it was crazy they suck <laughs> That'll be $600. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the move. One thing that I... We say, we say this a lot, but I feel like we haven't said it in a while. How about a culture change here? We do say this a lot. Why, why are we so mean all the time? The, the Everyone's s- so mean. <laughs> the scene that hits this home for me is when... Fetching has this thought about Mead that, like, the whole thing would collapse if Mead wasn't there and he's, like, so valuable to the hoof. And instead of saying that, she, I don't remember what she says, but it's not that. But she has the thought that it's, like, <laughs> wow, Mead is so useful to our hoof and, like, really necessary and integral part of this team. But I'm not going to tell yeah. him. No, you can't. I can't tell him that. <laughs> the other is at at the at the end of this section here where all the chiefs are trying to decide if they should go attack. And they just like shit on each other for like 10 minutes. And it's like, if you would just do, like talk about things yeah. <laughs> normally, yeah, it would be so much better. Yeah. But I think part of the issue here is like, okay, definitely it's the culture, right? But you also are like getting together 10 people who, or however many people who, don't answer to anybody like these chiefs are the the executive for all of these hoofs so getting them to like agree with somebody else is is gonna be an issue i think sure like i get they can have like a council meeting and maybe discuss it but to convince another chief especially in this like in this culture where it's they probably have an unhealthy relationship with changing your mind 
I'm imagining. <laughs> yes, probably. And so it probably seems a sign of weakness here if a chief is like, actually, you made a fair point. I think we should <laughs> we should wait this out. Right. It's I guess it does seem like it would be a sign of weakness to like be convinced of something. Right. Right, exactly. But that's the whole thing, though. That's the whole culture change that we need. Yes, yes. We need these half-orc chieftains to accomplish something that we, Democrat, like people living in a democratic society, still haven't figured out. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think they I think can do so. It. I think so too. Um, no, but I, the whole thing. So many of these, so many of these circumstances, just so exhausting. Where, like, I get it. I very much get why they have to. But it's like, you don't have to, you don't have to punch her in the face if you didn't want to. <laughs> yeah, Luke, that's, that's great. I think, uh, <laughs> I think that's great. That You're like Zerko, right? Yeah. You're trying to be like Zerko sure. over here. Like, hey guys, let's just talk this out. We can have a nice meeting and figure out the best course well, of action. <laughs> well, it's also not even just when they're in this like, everyone is a chief arguing thing Mm -hmm. we've 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 said before like why fetching has to act this way so like i'm not criticizing that but it's just tough to see her like get these three people these three women that want to be recruits and she like has to has to like almost murder them for her own uh i don't know not pride but like to keep up appearances, I guess. Yes. Yes. Well, and I think to, I don't think it's necessarily all keeping up appearances. Like, I think there is an aspect of she's trying to make sure that the hoof is, like, lean and tough. Mm-hmm. And so this is part of it. But I do agree that it's not effective, guys. We're so mean. We're so mean. We're too mean. Maybe too mean. The hazing has gone too far now. So we've talked about this exact scenario a few times in other books that we've read, but I still don't have a great answer. So I'm going to ask again. When Bermudo is like, hey, tell me where Jackal is and I'll send you home with food and stone. How come fetching isn't just like, oh, yeah, Jackal? He's living with the sledge man now. They're kind of an item. I was wondering. I was wondering this too. Like, just lie. You're already, you already think he's going to kill you. You're in chains. And so like, lie, send him on a wild goose chase. Be like, oh yeah, I'll meet you there. I'll meet you there for sure. For sure. For sure. We'll go get him. Yeah. And then don't. Oh, Jackal must've just left. He, you just missed him. Ah, shoot. (laughs) Tough, tough. He did tell me he was going to move around a lot. <laughs> Every day, in fact. I heard he might be going to the orc lands. You know, where the orcs live. You should check it out. I'll get you a boat. Try it out. Yeah, it's a mistake, I would say. It's a mistake. I think it could just have to do with pride. Like, mm-hmm. that could be the answer that covers all of these situations. Or perhaps, like, the retribution would be way worse when they figured out you well, were lying. I think realistically, he's this promise of his is probably not real. 
Oh, interesting. That's my guess. Like, I, my guess is that he's just going to, if she tells him where Jackal is, he's not going to, like, honor his agreement. He's probably just going to do what he was going to do anyway. Uh, Yeah, that, that could very, very well be true. But because I think he believes her. She when he t- when she tells him that like he does she doesn't know, and that he's not in the lots anymore. Perhaps, but if part of it too, from what he sounds like, he's like, okay, well now I got to use the rod to try and convince you to tell me where he is. Um, so I'm I'm not convinced that he believes her. I don't know, but at the very least, it seems like a good bet to lie. Mm-hmm and see what happens because like the worst yeah the worst that happens is he like kills you anyway (laughs) and your people are starving to death so they're all gonna be dead if they don't get food anyway right yeah i just i think it's interesting in in these situations in a lot of the books that we've read uh when they're asked a question that they could just lie about to get out of a situation often our main characters will not lie and will stay tough until the punishment starts to happen they won't go for the they won't go for the carrot they'll wait till the stick right you got to i i'm actually curious with this punishment they take them out and shoot cannons at them yeah tough very tough but fetching's like big advice is to stand still and i'm actually curious because obviously it works in this situation but is it actually beneficial you're saying in a real life canon execution situation well but i'm (laughs) it i don't get why she wants everyone to stay still so it's because she's like standing out on the edge of the line of where the cannons have been firing. And she notices that where she is standing, the ground isn't like disturbed by cannons hitting. Mm. So she's like, if we all stand here, I don't think the cannons will hit us. Okay. She thinks they're in like a blind spot. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I think that's what she's going for here. I think this is a big risk. Because, like, maybe they just didn't hit that spot today. Right. I mean, it blows up, like, most of them. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. (laughs) I think... They just weren't aiming for that spot earlier. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Fetching is like, ooh, I got to get a ton of these people around me so that if a cannonball hits, hopefully it'll be slowed down enough by the time it gets to me that I make it. Yeah. All right, guys, we're going to do like the penguins do. You might not have heard of these things, but what you're going to do is everybody huddle around and I'm going to sit in the middle. <laughs> it's going to work great. Trust me. It could work. It could work great. No, I just just do a zigzag. Give me a zigzag. Yeah, it seems for like everyone. Everyone scatter. <laughs> it seems the, like a clearly, zigzag would be the way to Clearly go. the best move. Or immediately start running, like immediately start running away from the range of the cannons. Right. I like I like this where the soldiers that like take them out there. I like okay, stay. Stay. <laughs> they're like they're like me trying to convince my dog to stay, basically. 
you're giving him like a look as you're slowly backing away. <laughs> and then as soon as you get around the corner, the dog runs up. Right, exactly. You've got a treat, right? Except here it's the opposite. I don't um, know. I think yeah. I think you'd you'd do some weaves. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I agree with you here. Do a little bobbin weaving. You can't maneuver those cannons very quickly, so I feel like it might work. Something that I think is interesting, and I don't know if we'll have that much of a discussion about it. I guess I didn't really think about the fact that in this world there would be like different races of humans at Mm. one point some one of the characters uses the word negro to describe yeah at one point in this book one of the characters says that the half orcs have or maybe it's the orcs have skin that is darker than the negroes And I just never even considered that in this world there was not only, like, people being prejudiced against half-orcs, but potentially against other people, too. Mm -hmm. Now, perhaps in this world the word Negro is, like, cool, and that's, like, just how you refer to another group of people, but it seems like probably not. Right, right uh it's you at least in uh in our world it's usually not but um yeah we haven't seen honestly much of the humans no they seem terrible yeah (laughs) (laughs) like worse in almost every respect yes yes uh but not we haven't seen a ton from them Right, exactly. And I just, I think it's interesting and something to keep an eye out for are like potentially race dynamics among people in this book as Mm. well. Um, Especially too, after considering our conversation with Jonathan French at the end of Grey Bastards, how he sees a lot of, a lot of parallels between half orcs and like that struggle with, um, you know, uh, similar to like race in America. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't say exactly. If you want to hear his words, listen to the interview. Um, but Jonathan has already expressed that, you know, he sees a lot of parallels between how how they're perceived, um, how people are perceived. Um, and so it's interesting that we have like explicit like race, like human races being brought into this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I hadn't I hadn't actually caught that, but one thing that I found interesting here also is that are the centaurs cool? <laughs> like obviously not during the betrayer moon. But other than that, should we be buddies? I think we Cuz they seem like they have great food. They seem like they have civilization and culture, which are two things that I don't think Fetching anticipated. Right. Which, granted, it's if you think about the timeline of the lots, the half-orcs haven't really been there that long. So mm-hmm. I, normally I think we would give them a lot of flack for not investigating and not being curious as we have criticized books recently. But I think here... It's they're just kind of too new 
of settlers to have really investigated all of this. But it seems like a wild revelation that Fetching has. And it's interesting that she doesn't tell anyone. I I do wonder, though, if it's just like a... Too many crazy things are happening to her. Yeah. Within a short time frame. I think that's fair. But I think it also starts to pose questions of like, what actually is the Betrayer Moon? Mm. Like, Mm -hmm. does the Betrayer Moon actually make the centaurs go rape crazy, I'll say? Because apparently that's what they really love doing during the Betrayer Moon. Or is this like a rogue faction of centaurs? Ooh, like Like the other centaurs are cool. Like, are most centaurs cool, but during the Betrayer Moon, they hide too, because they're like, those other centaurs that run around during this moon, I don't want anything to do with them. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're giving us a bad name. Yeah, we don't know yet. There's like a whole world of possibilities here Yeah, with the centaurs. Because they seem lovely. They bring her like goat cheese and figs make a little acorn paste for her wounds i like a good acorn paste seems nice maybe i don't know yeah i they have language too Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. maybe some new allies seems like we could set up a little trading arrangement here (laughs) there's some things that they could probably could probably use horseshoes oh yeah seems like a, maybe it could be a good trade there <laughs> yeah i also thought this was wild something else that i think is wild and and this is not the first book where we have experienced this but i think it's the first book where i will address it who thought it was a good idea to ferment milk ever like i know it's a real thing I know it exists in our world, but come on now, y'all. Right. Like, yeah, this is, it's wild actually that we haven't brought this up yet because it's in a lot of books. We may have brought it up uh, when we did Game of Thrones because I know Daenerys, when she was riding with the uh, horse boys, uh, we don't need to, whatever their <laughs> names are, the horse boys, they had this. But. Right. I feel like it sounds terrible. Yeah, I don't I don't need to get drunk that badly. <laughs> I'll pass. Right. <laughs> this is a good point. I don't know if I've ever needed to get drunk this badly where I thought <laughs> And if you try to like if you try to like shame me like oh you baby, I don't care. I'm not drinking that. I'm going to go read. <laughs> Have a nice glass of normal milk. Maybe some warm milk with honey. Sounds lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in a world where wine exists. I'll just, I'll just do wine. I'll just do wine, I think. It does the trick and it doesn't feel like I am drinking cheese. That's also making me drunk. <laughs> yeah. I will say I've never had it before. Neither have I. So we should so, probably... You know, don't knock it till you try yeah, it. We should... 
but I assume I don't want it. Even fetching says that it's gross, but then I think she gets drunk to the point where she doesn't care, which is not a good sign for a beverage. Right. Ooh. Is this an acquired taste, though, Luke? Because hold on. Like, I used to think beer was very gross. Mm -hmm. But now, if I go to a bar, I will order a beer not to get drunk. Just, Mm -hmm. it's nice. It's a nice, cool, maybe it's a refreshing drink to have. Sure. Yeah, sure. I also, I don't know if this is quite the same thing, but I really like blue cheese. Mm. And that's like moldy cheese. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I think I just can't get over the fact that the only thing I'm thinking of for fermented milk is milk that's been in the fridge for way too long. Yeah, I assume it's not that though. Like maybe it's they've put in some different kind like because there's certain bacteria that you put into cheese that make or into milk that make it certain types of cheese Mm -hmm. maybe it's like that kind of thing okay (laughs) this is probably this is probably so googleable (laughs) this is for sure googleable but we're definitely not going to do it meanwhile i want to ask you another question who gets stuck with the job of milking all those horses oh no that sounds kind of miserable huh (laughs) (laughs) because they're milking the horses to get this yeah i don't love that a horse ain't like a cow guys it doesn't have big milkable udders (laughs) (laughs) like we've made cows so that the udders are very good for us to milk we we have designed cows in such a way we've we've helped them out but horse Horses, we did not really spend a lot of time getting their milking bits in order. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So somebody's having a hard time milking those horses. <laughs> Someone's got to do it, Dan. I also don't why I don't know why I find that so funny. The image of somebody milking a horse versus milking a cow, but for some reason, milking a horse to me sounds so much worse. I have a hard time picturing it, and and that alone makes me think that it's bad. But I don't know. I'm not super familiar with the technique. No, no, neither am I. Luke, the last thing I want to say before we get into the second third of this book is that when one hoof collapses into a flaming inferno uh, another door opens and Mm. that door that i think has opened with the with winsome's rebrand is as the only brothel in the lots oh yeah because sure So the brothel burned down recently. Until that happened, you had competition. And so Mm -hmm. it didn't really make sense for you to open up a brothel in Winsome. But now, there's no brothel in town. Pretty high demand for it. Seems like a very high demand. And you have people in your town that would potentially do this right i don't 
at the very I least, I don't know how how much money this brothel was bringing in though. Like, I don't know if it's enough to like support the town. That's a good point, Luke. I have another question then. Is it more than zero? Because that's currently what they're working with. <laughs> it is. It is probably more than zero. And here's a better. Yeah. Here's a here's a great thing about this too. Hey, we know that typical brothels charge in money. Uh, here you can just bring food. You just bring like a bit of food, and you can yeah, sure. Yeah, bring me maybe bring a ham. And uh, yeah, get you maybe whatever you want. Okay, okay. A ham See, for a ham. We're being, we're being creative. Yeah, at least right. Exactly. Trying to find, trying to find ways to bring in. I don't know if income is the right word, but but something. Yeah, get some life in here. Because mm-hmm. they need a new thing, right? Before their thing used to be, yeah, we've got a big kiln and we make. I, I think they made pottery, right? That had to have been what they did. It would be a waste if they didn't. Right. We're making we're making the best mugs in all the lots. Now, all right, we need a rebrand. What's our new thing? Right. And it doesn't have to be one thing either. No. Right? It could be a whole a whole carnival. You know what I mean? You've oh, sluggard! You've already got a hog rider that could put on a show. Yeah, this is this is the six flags of the lots now. Oh my god, Luke, it's a destination. Mhm. Mhm. You rebrand. You definitely rebrand. You get a brothel, you get a circus. Maybe you get hey, some people from Hispartha come learn how to shoot a crossbow. Yes. From from Sluggard, the hot guy. <laughs> come ride a real hog. And then Sluggard. Ride Sluggard's hog. Yeah. Ooh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) They've got some elephants. Maybe borrow one of those elephants. Get an elephant in the mix. Yeah. I will say my guess is that fetching is not going to go for this kind of thing because I think that there's a certain amount of pride that 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 would be damaging to. But I think that's a mistake. I agree. I think it's also a mistake. I also want to be clear here. Uh, Dan is definitely not condoning elephants in circuses. Right. Dan hates that. So, but I think for the lots, maybe it'd work. <laughs> it, could, it could. You don't have to do elephants. You can do anything. Well, I think that's going to, uh, to bring us to the end of the first third of the book get excited for the second third when we fi- maybe we're going to find out more about what oats has been up to where oh yeah we miss oats where jackal is these it, starting this book i was kind of thinking we might be moving viewpoints between the three of them like seeing some stuff but but no mm-hmm. we've just stuck with fetching so far so it'd be interesting to see maybe we're going to learn more about those mysteries but uh, but thanks for joining us. Uh, we've just been, hopefully, serving up uh, plenty of hot takes. And still being dumb nerds. Yeah.